Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Cheltenham Festival Preview 2021, sponsored by Betfair. I am your host, George Eric, and today we will be previewing day three of the Cheltenham Festival, the Thursday uh, of racing, and we have an expert panel of guests here joining me today. We've got in the Odds Checker corner, we've got Andy Holding, Odds Checker's very own tipster, Tony Calvin, who does the tipping for Betfair, amongst other things as well, and the exchange expert and Betfair, Barry. Barry Orr joins me as well. How are we all guys? All well? All good. Yep, looking forward good. to it. We did the pleasantries and the weather at the beginning of the Tuesday preview. So if you want to hear how the guys are doing or you want to hear what the going is going to be like, go back to Tuesday as well. But we're going to get straight into the racing here. Before we do so, uh, just going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Do download it for all the very best prices, the best bookie offers, free bets, and some of the best tipsters uh, going in the game, including Andy himself, whose tips will be on the app every single morning ahead of the day's racing. And that's the whole year as well, not just over Cheltenham Festival. Um, and the prices I'm going to be quoting, we'll be speaking to Barry about what's going on over on the exchange as well as his, his insight on the racing. The prices I'll be quoting will be the best available on the odds checker grids where you can also see which firms are uh, non-runner no bet or non-runner money back as well. You can see there, which is important to make sure that if you do back a horse at this stage, a week before the festival and it doesn't run, you do not lose your money. Sometimes better to take a bit of a shorter price around those. But... We will start then with the Marsh uh, Novices Chase, where Envoy Allen is currently the five to six favourite ahead of Anergamine, who we do not expect to take up his entry here. Uh, we expect to be running in the Arkle, but Anergamine currently seven to two. Shan Blue is eight to one. Monkfish, again, unlikely to run, so I'll ignore that price, but eight to one if you want to be backing Monkfish. Uh, Shantry House, 10 to one. Chatham Street Lad, 14 to one. Sporting John, 16 to one. And uh, as we did with the Supreme um, on on day one, uh, Barry, I'm going to come to you first here just to kind of, you know, as well as giving us your thoughts on the race, just confirm with what I'm saying with the horses that we probably won't expect to see here. Yeah, I suppose Envoy Allen's going to scare a lot of them away, isn't he? Mm. He's odds on. He has been for quite some time now. He's a low of 186. He's 188 now, so he's not far off his lowest as that he's traded in the race. And you know, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's the Irish banker coming to the meeting and he's sure to go off odds on. It's just imagine how short, it's just a, a matter of how short he gets. And Ergamon won't rock up here. Monkfish won't rock up here. Chamblou looks certain to take him on. I'm not sure which one of Chantry House or Sport and John, two JP horses, which one of them's going to take him on. Uh, nearly 200 grand matching the race and 80% of it has been on him on the exchange wow. in the anti-post market. So I'll give you an indication of what people think of him and this race. I can't see past him, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I, he's not my sort of price, but uh, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this. I'm not even going to look for something each way in the race. This is just going to be one for the purists. We're going to see next year's Gold Cup winner win over two and a half miles at the festival on the on the Thursday. Yeah, that's exactly what when I spoke to Betfair Ambassador Paul Nichols earlier today and I asked him if he could choose any any horse to train from another yard, he said Envoy Allen and said it'll be he'll be a big Gold Cup contender next year. I mean, Tony, 1.88, 1.89 at the moment, um, Envoy Allen. Can we find, you know, any any way to oppose him and, and you know how short do we reckon he'll be on the day? Well, I suppose the one issue that I may have may have had with him that he hasn't done it in a big field. Um, over fences, but we're not, as Barry said there, we're probably not going to get a big field, are we? So mm. uh, I think, you know, he may not have run up to his class that he showed over hurdles, you know, quite yet, but 
I don't think I, I don't play anything like those prices, but I think 10 to 11 is a fair price. I mean, if you ask me whether to back or lay Envoy Allen at 1.88, I probably, I probably, I probably go down the backing route. Uh, but there's, there's, there's been a real underplayed market here, uh, and that's Betfair. Uh, the Betfair sports went up betting without Envoy Allen, uh, and they allowed each way betting as well. So um, I probably shouldn't tell Barry actually because he might go and look at my account <laughs> and shut me. But I played some dirt. I played some. I, I think I played some absolutely astonishing value in this race. Um, I backed Chamblou. I think at. Um, I'm not sure exactly what price. I, I backed him each way without. I think he might be fours nine to two. I backed Chatham Street Lad at nine to one each way without. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Shantry House. Don't, not a big fan of Sporting John. Um, I, I, I can't see much depth to it and. And over the last 48 hours, I've, got, I've taken a flyer and I've backed Blackbow, non-runner non money back each way without the favourite at 25 to 1, and I'm topping up at 16s at the moment. Now, everyone is ex Blackbow has been confirmed at the five-day stage for the Arkle, but I just think they could switch this horse down the two-mile four route because he... he, he, he Impressed me first time up when winning, and and I think it, and he and he's failed since as well. But I think it's fair to say they've ridden him with an eye to the future in two of his subsequent free uh, starts since since that win, and I just think um, I think he could be tailor made for for sitting off it um, over over two mile four um, in, in this kind of race. And it's interesting. They, obviously, they got stamina doubts. His point win came over two mile four into the traditional three miles. But I've seen enough in, in his performances so far that suggests that he could, you know, he, he could excel at this is kind of trip. Um, you know, he, I don't think looking at the Arkle, um, I don't think I don't think they, they should be going down that route. I think if they want to if they want to place this horse uh, and maybe pick up the pieces, if something does happen to Envoy Allen, I think this is an ideal opportunity. Now, I think he's got the raw ability. Um, he's finished fifth in a bumper. And like I said, I, I was impressed by his win, although he's, he's made all that day. And but you know they haven't they haven't forced a hand since uh, from the front. Um, and I just think a, a patient ride in this kind of race over a, over a trip that I think he's he, he should excel at. Um, I think sixteen to one each way, non-one and money back without Envoy Allen is is a very interesting price. It's one of those bets where you're probably going to get your money back if they do go down the Arkle route. Yeah. But I have I have half a suspicion they'll, they'll they'll go down the longer trip route, and I can see him finishing second, third, quite easily. Andy, I'm sure you'll probably want to talk about that market too. It's right up your street, the each way without the favourite angle. But first, can I get your thoughts on Envoy Allen? Yeah, I think if um, there's female horses out there that. Um, have uh, dating uh, preferences for dating websites. They'd very, very much be swiping right, wouldn't they, when they look at uh, Envoy Allen? Um, That's what he's on about. It's just, um, he's just an equine superstar, isn't he? There's not a lot to be said about this horse. I think we need to enjoy him and, and nurture him while he's still around. He's a seven-year-old. I think if we get another three or four good years out of him, who knows what heights he could um, scale. I'm already looking forward to next year's Gold Cup when he takes on Monkfish. I think that's going to be something to say because I think him and Monkfish are the are the are the dominating going to be the dominating forces in in in, in seasons to come. They're the two up and coming young horses that have just been breathtaking so far this season. Envoy Allen hasn't actually run a speed figure of any great note in his three chase wins, which uh, Tony's already pointed out. They've been small fields, even though they've been Grade Ones. He's basically just jog round. Um, he hasn't really had to come out of third gear. 
I mean, even the two that he beat in, in the Drinmore, um, home on the Lee and Cocoa Beach have won big races since, so he, he wasn't beating any slouches. But when he's forced to go big, this fella can go big, as we've got the proof in last year's Ballymore. He ran the fastest time figure of the entire festival when he won the Ballymore, according to our numbers last season. So the likes, if Chamblou goes hard from the front, and I think knowing how Dan and Harry Skelton approach their races when they've got a hot pot to take on, they'll want to try and see what he's made of. Um, you know, they'll, they'll put play to his own strengths. And the good thing about Chamblou is he's a fantastic jumper. That they'll, they'll, They won't want to die not knowing with Chamblou. So he'll be off in front and, and give um, Envoy Allen a nice toe through. I just think Envoy Allen will outstay him at the end, as he did in last year's season's Ballymore when he was in top gear. It's a great bit of business that um, Tony's had on Chamblou, but even more so the bit of business he's had on Chatham Street Lad, who I think will very much be ridden like like he did when he won the, the handicap here, the Caspian Caviar, one of the most impressive winners of the season. Fantastic time figure. I think Connections then got almost wrapped up with their own hype and they... They thought he was a good thing when they went drop, dropping back down, down to two miles next time out at, Fer, uh, at Punchestown. Was it Fairy House or Punchestown? I think it was Fairy House, wasn't it? And he, he just didn't fire that day for one reason or another. But although he did get beat by a decent horse on his day, Daily Tiger, in two castles in that race. So there's quite a bit of substance to that defeat. Uh, but uh, two and a half miles is definitely his bag. He's a strong traveller and he will also appreciate the very fast pace. So the eight to one um, with that one firm that uh, Tony said is a fantastic... Each way bet without Envoy Allen, who I expect to win this and shorten significantly for next year's Gold Cup as well. He's he's a, he's one of the bankers along with Monkfish. What price do you think Envoy Allen, Envoy Allen will go off? Four to seven SP last year for the Ballymore. Depends on the runners. I think Tony's right. I think we're only going to get six or seven runners in this. Uh, there'll be a lot of people, pump, uh, connections looking at it, thinking, well, you know, they're w- waiting to find out, you know, what the last minute movements are in Envoy Allen, but it looks almost certain now with. Everything's set in stone. He's gone to Henry de Brom here. He'll, he'll come over, no problem. Um, yeah, he, he should be a four to six shot or even shorter, really, on, yeah. on what he's on what he's capable of doing, not what on his not what he's done already. Because like I said, the time figures I've got him doing a don't represent a four at eight to eleven shot, but like I say, he's he's hurdle form. We know, we know he can go really big. And by Allen there. A four to four to six shot currently on the exchange about one point eight eight, so maybe a bit of value. And the, the horses mentioned to take him on Chamblou is eight to one best price with Betfair Sportsbook. Chatham Street Lad, best price with Sportsbook as well at fourteen to one. And as Tony mentioned, the without market with the same firm current price is seven or two Chamblou, and eight to one Chatham Street Lads. Uh, we'll move on to the Potemps, where Imperial Alcazar for Fergal O'Brien is the five to one favourite. The bosses Oscar seven to one. Champagne Platinum seven to one. Uh, come on, Teddy twelve to one. Brinkley to fourteen. Southfield Harvest sixteen. Twenty to one. Milner, Mister Harp, um, Mrs. Milner, Dandy Mag. Plenty of them there at twenty to one, and plenty bigger too. Um, another one where you know you think you probably want to be taking the insurance to make sure you get your money back if they don't run. Andy, I'll stick with you here because um, when speaking the other day to the trainer of the favourite here Imperial Alcazar Fergal O'Brien he you know whilst he was very positive about Imperial Alcazar's chances basically just said that in his opinion it is very very hard for British trainers to win this race given the way that the Irish horses are treated by the Irish handicapper so are you surprised to see Imperial Alcazar at the top of the market yeah yeah I am um, uh, I mean he's he's got to be respected but look the English 
just have, I've lost the thread with this race and now I had to win it. Um, I think Call the Cops was the last one who won it, wasn't it, back in 2015? But there's a bit of a trend developing here. Maldini presenting Percy Delta Works, Sir de Burley, Sir de Burley. And most of those winners there I've just mentioned are trained by Gordon Elliott or come out of the Gordon Elliott camp. And more predominantly, they, they raced in that um, Leopardstown Pertemps qualifier uh, over the Christmas period, which is a lovely race to do for a speed uh, uh, analysis because we get the... Uh, we get the grade one on the same card as well, so we can tell how good they are and, and do our own split screens and sectionals, and, and it's, it's worked out perfect. Um, basically, the, the per attempts qualify yet again was miles better than Florian Porter's race. Um, so, yeah, you, you need no look further than the boss's Oscar. They'll go on about, oh, you know, he's gone up eight, but why is the British handicapper giving him eight pounds? Well, it doesn't make any difference. They gave Presenti Percy an extra stone, it made no difference. Uh, this fellow will be running in the Stowe's Earl next year, uh, make no mistake. Um, and he'll he'll have his ideal conditions. I don't think he really wants a bog. I just think he wants nice ground. Oh, not sure he was absolutely ridden, ridden, ridden as if his life had depended on it to win that qualifier. They they got him qualified, um, job done, and that's it. Put him away and bring him here. So yeah, keep it simple. Bosses Oscar wins the per temps. <laughs> Bosses Oscar wins the per temps, and you're holding the earn it here first. Tony, can you be as bullish? No, I played um, I played an English horse in this. Um... I've, it's honest, Vic. Um, I think the twenty and twenty-five to one that knocking around is too big. Now, obviously, he comes here off the back of a, a last of ten and a jumper's bumper last month, but I pay no attention to those races. I can't fathom them out, and whether they're a stepping stone to fitness or, or whatever, I just I just pretty much ignore them. So hopefully, it was a fitness issue because he hasn't run for for a while. But you know, this horse was as a staying on fifth. Um, in the Coral Cup last year, over two mile five, came out was really impressive at Cheltenham in October. Um, went up nine pounds for that, but uh, I thought he ran really well at Newbury uh, the, the time after, obviously against the Stairs Hurdle opposition. Um, so I think you can mark that. Whether something went wrong there, because he, I think he travelled really well throughout the race, and he's run just like petered out, and the jockey didn't didn't seem to persevere when when he was still in with a chance. So. Um, even though, you know, he has gone up to a mark of 150. Um, on what I saw at Newbury last time, and obviously we've got the course form, obviously we've got the festival form. Um, I, th- I think he's a, I think he's a decent, decent each way shout. Um, I, 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 like Andy, I struggle with Imperial Alcazar, um, having won, you know, having won one of the qualifiers and gone up, uh, I think he went up eight pounds as well, hasn't he? Mm. So I can't have him at fives. I reckon, I reckon that's got Drifter written all over it. Um, but, but yeah, for me, obviously, I with these handicaps, I like to get the final fields, like we said before. We like, I like to get the pace angle. I like to know what the ground is. Uh, but for, for me, at the moment, uh, of the of the home opposition, um, I like Honest Vic around about 20s, 21 plus, and I think he's around about the twenty five to one win only all in on the exchange as well, which is I think is is fair as well. That, that yeah. is a great shout, by the way. I'll, I'll just interject there if I can. That that Honest Vic, um, he clocked a big number Tony when he won at Cheltenham early on in the season. He actually comes out second top of of our numbers, um, and I don't know if, if when you go back and watch that the Grady race at Newbury. It, Nothing wanted to make the running, did he? So he jumped mm. off, probably not with the idea of making the running. But then the thing that um, of the Tizards overtook him as they went out to the final circuit. And he, and he then chased the pace, didn't he? He went mad mm. and absolutely raced this thing of Tizards that went by him all the way down the back. And it was quite obvious he was going to get burn himself out. But he did quite well to finish fifth, I thought, in the end. Mm. The jumper's bumper, he raced all the way around the outside. That day at Kempton, 
he needed to be right hard on the rail as well. So he was always going to tail off having raced four or five deep. So yeah, that's a that's a fair shout. That is at twenty five to one. Uh, and if we do get if we do get decent uh, ground, if they might well water if 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 they have a very dry week on, on the Wednesday night, but uh, decent ground would really suit him as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I haven't gone overboard about it, but uh, I played him at twenties and twenty fives. Twenties mm, and twenty fives. Yeah, twenty two to one best price at the moment on the grids for non runner no bets. Uh, interesting to hear Tony say that Imperial Alcazar has drift written all over it because there. I mean. There's a couple of quid basically queuing up at a 6.2, 6.8, Barry. But um, yeah, who do you who do you fancy for the attempts? Listen, this race, you know, there's twelve thousand pounds matched on the Beffer Exchange, and that just gives you an indication what punters think of it. I, you know, it's it's not <laughs> yeah. a race that you know gathers any sort of momentum till you see the forty-eight hour decks, and then the plots all become a little bit more clear you know they're, they're definitely going to have to look at the qualifying criteria for this race yeah. it's the same every year it's probably the least traded uh, least traded race on the exchange year in year out and i'd say that's reflected on the sports book as well but it's five to field at the moment imperial alcazar five places each way punters in the anti-post market on the sports book six champagne platinum bosses oscar seven he's been the real plot horse in it i suppose the bosses oscar after last year uh, Honourable mention to Southfield Harvest and Storm Arising for Paul Nichols. He gives them a big shout in his uh, Cheltenham preview. I know you were talking to him earlier today as well, and I'm sure he's uh, echoed that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just uh, I, I hope Paddy Brennan doesn't listen to this because I, I do some work with him, so he's not going he's, he's not going to like me dissing his main chance at the festival. But <laughs> you got to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Paddy. I mean, knowing him would uh, would appreciate the honesty rather than anything else. Um, yeah, he's a no bullshit person, old Pad. S- spot on. I asked him for an interview the other day, and his response was no. Um, <laughs> on on next he's a judge week, as well. I know. You know, um, you know it was said said with a smile and a, and a lift to the mug of the cup of tea he was having, but it was still a no. Uh, on then to the um, the Ryanair, the the third race uh, on the Thursday, and it's it's quite nice, I think, to have a fairly open race to discuss without some kind of six to four favourite in one of these uh, big races of the week, where Alaho is the five to one favourite, just ahead of Min at six to one, Imperial Aura thirteen to two, Melon seven to one, Mister Fisher eight to one, Fakir Duderi eight to one, St Calvados nine to one, Kenboy ten. To one, uh, twelve to one bar, open race. Uh, as I say at the moment, I'm sure the I'm sure it'll look very different come race time on Thursday. So I guess kind of the question is, who do we expect to be sent off favourite and therefore looks value at the moment? Tony. Um, looking at the market there, I mean, I haven't got a clue in this race. Mm. Um, I generally think you can make a decent, uh, decent, uh, decent case for eight or ten of them I, yeah. this kind of race is I find it really hard to fathom I think Fakir Duderiz after the run last time and after he's running the Yarko last time I think this trip may well could be his optimum but you know, he's, he's no massive giveaway around the body about an eight to one chance I mean yeah. there's so much depth to this race I couldn't have the favourite um, I couldn't have the favourite at, at the current price the, I don't have an opinion and I probably won't have a tip in the race personally from a punting point of view this is the kind of race where I can I can just see about five or six coming down the last, all guns blazing. Um, the way I might play it on the exchange, I, I might put in uh, keep bet lays at around about the two to one mark, three oh five maybe, just to, just over two to one, and try to lay the whole field at three oh five, and hopefully I'll get at least two in the book. Um, I, I can see this race being a real kind of like humdinger up the, after the after the last and. Uh, yeah, I, I might. I've been thinking about the way to play the race because 
I like to have an interest in, in most races. Um, yeah, I might I might try and lay every single runner there just over two to one and, and hopefully get hopefully capture at least three um, in, in the in running pin. But but looking at the race as a whole, I just think it's a massive head scratcher. Yeah, absolutely. Tough no to opinion. Make, no tough, opinion. Tough to make sense of at the moment. Barry, no opinion for Tony. What's your opinion? I'm the same. I just couldn't make head or tails, but I thought it was a very difficult race. It's not a race that prompts any sort of excitement for me. Just looking at them at this stage, five to field, Alaho's five, Imperial Aura 7.888, Melon Min 7.8 needs to come back. St. Calvados probably the one that's sure to run his race, but whether it's good enough, who knows? Uh, yeah, no, it's a no-bet race for me. Andy, we've spoken a fair bit over the years about Min, who, you know, if, if you, it's one of those classics where if you put a line through that last run, surely then you'd be looking at Min being the class horse in the race. But are we able to do that? And, and if not, then who else is there in there? Well, I, I think Min has probably um, divided a lot of opinion, hasn't he, over the years? Um, mm. But he, he got his day in the sun, didn't he, last year when he won, when he won it last year? And I, I think they found the key to him. He's making the run in and being quite aggressive over two and a half miles. Um, so he did make the running last time and he made that bad mistake that he, it's not ideal to come off that pull up in, 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 in that grade one at Leopardstown the only problem I've got with Min is he's not going to be able to dominate here because his stable companion Alaho is likely to um, carry the torch for the close Sutton um, camp I would have thought from the front and, and the, the majority of the winners of the Ryanair if you go back and look at the last history they've either made all the running or track leaders if you look at the comments so you do want something right on the speed here and, and the it's a point worth making as well. The new course, the chase track, very much lends itself to front runners. Um, I think McCoy won it on, I think, of Alan Kingsdenny many years ago and he, he nicked it from the front and, and never looked like getting caught. Um, so, yeah, Uxisandra, I think it was, wasn't it? If, I, if my memory serves me correct. Mm. So, yeah, it's very much a slot the right horses in to, to fit, the, to fit um, the style of the race. So, Alaho has got to be a factor. I'm agreeing with the guys, though. It's a race at the moment. I haven't quite got my head around. If the ground was to dry out and it was to be genuinely good to soft, I think Mr. Fisher is a player. He loves the new course. He hates the inside track, as he proved in the in the um, the big handicap before um, back in November. But he was good the, the next day, back on better ground, back on the new course. And he ran really well in the marsh last year. That was a bit unlucky. Uh, and I've been told that St. Calvary does work really well in the cheek piece his first time. Uh, he's apparently a different horse now with the headgear on. He can race a little bit lazily sometimes, um, but he was unlucky in the race last year, wasn't he? Should have probably beaten Min. Mm. And with the Harry Whittingham team coming into into form in the last week or two, um, all the stars are aligning for St Calvados to go well. So my shortlist would be Mr Fisher and St Calvados out, out of the ones I've mentioned. So probably at the, at the time of recording, a no-bet race, but Mr Fisher and St Calvados, the two that deserve a second look, maybe yeah. come the day uh, for Andy there. Um, we'll move on then to the Stayers hurdle where Time Hill and Paisley Park are joint 130 favourites ahead of side Burley. Uh, Florin Porter, 12 to 1. Roxana won't, we don't think, be running here at 12 to 1. Uh, the storyteller, 14. So I'm just going to skip past Champ, um, who's listed at 16 to 1, but we expect to go for the Gold Cup. Lizna Garoska, uh, 16 to 1 last year's winner. Vindication, 16 to 1, who looks set to be taking up this entry. Um, spoke to Kim Bailey and said, unless a few come out at the top of the market in the Gold Cup, Vindication likely to uh, race here. Got some very, very smart hurdles for him as well. Uh, Kenboy, 20 to 1. Fury Road, 20 to 1, too. Andy, we'll, we'll start with you because, you know, we, we've spoken quite a lot over the last year since you first put Cider Burley up. 
um, and you've remained fairly confident that Sider Burley will play a major part here. A week before the race, or just uh, just over, just under, just over a week before the race, inside a Burley, eight to one third favourite. How are you feeling about your position now? He's very much had the season that I, I thought he would. I, I knew he was going to be lightly raced, like he is most years. That they obviously qualified him for the per attempts final and put him away before shipping up here. And that's a great thing with Sir de Burley. You just know that he comes alive at the festival. You can forget basically what he's done previously to that, almost. So the fact that he managed to win a grade race, grade race and finish third in a grade one was almost a bit of a bonus. Um, I didn't really expect him to shine behind Florian Porter at, um, in that grade one at, at Leprechaun. And the form as it stands is, is worth absolute, you know, a bag of soot, to be honest. You know, they went so slowly. It, it, it was clearly going to play into the hands of Florian Porter. I think Florian Porter is an absolute million to win this. I really do. Everyone's talking him up. I think he's just not good enough. Um, you know, Sir de Burla, I think you know he'll be a different horse come Cheltenham. Uh, he's been there and done it. Better ground or suiting. Obviously, the yards now in much better nick. He comes alive here. The pressure's off with Sir de Burla, really, to be honest. He'll come here under a little bit under the radar, or be his third favourite. Um, because, obviously, all the horses, such as Time Hill and Paisley Park, have done something uh, that he hasn't this so far this season. But I'm still a big believer in this horse. Um, yeah, it's, he'd be the one horse... If if you're a jockey and you look behind you coming down to the last and it's Sir de Burley because there's only going to be one result, he'll just he'll just come and eat you alive like he's he's done every single horse that he's that he's taken uh, taken uh, on at the uh, at the previous festival. So yeah, I'm I'm still a big fan and yeah, I hope he proves me right. Would you still be advising a bet at eight to one? Um, I've seen worse bets than that to be honest. You know. It, he, like I say, his numbers when he won the last year's Pertems were miles better than the stage hurdle um, mm. race, which I've talked about until I'm blue in the face. So <laughs> if he runs, he's only got to run to the same level. There's nothing that I've seen of him so far this season to suggest he won't. Um, then then he's got to be bang there. So whatever whatever beats Sir de Burley, I'll, I'll probably win. Well, eight to one best price for Betfair Sportsbook. And Barry, you know, Time Hill Paisley Park is one apiece uh, in their recent head-to-heads and the market can't split them on the odds checker grids. Is there any difference between the two on the exchange? Very little. Just marginal preference for Time Hill over Paisley Park 4.4 and 4.9 respectively. 8.8 uh, Sardabule and it's 13 Flooring Porter, 16 the Storyteller, Lisnagar Oscar, 19.5. I'd be inclined to agree with the market. Time White traded at what fourteen to one on, I think, in in Ascot last day. Mm. Uh, I think might be ridden a little bit more differently this time round, and that just not get there too soon. Um, it's a fascinating contest between the two of them at the head of the market, but again, it's a race that I won't be getting involved in. Uh, I, I'm just going to look on four places to each way punters in the anti post sports book market as well at the moment. Yeah, Tony, any of you? Yeah, yeah. If Barry hasn't played, I've, I've had his share and uh, plenty of others as well. <laughs> I, I've got loads of positions here. Uh, I've been laying the front two in the market. Um, got them in the book around about just between five to four and 11 to eight combined. I'm quite happy to have the field running for me of, of the opposite of that eight, you know, eight to 11, four to five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're very beatable. I don't think they have that much in hand of, of, of quite a few of these. Um, I've been playing Liz Nagar Oscar uh, before the Haydock run. And and afterwards as well, uh, I think he's still very fair value at sixteen to one. Obviously, he won the race last year. May not have been a vintage renewal, but 
he won it won it well in the end, and um, I know that uh, that race has bad memories for the runner-up for Andy uh, with Ronald Pump, but we won't go there again. But no, no I, I think that was that was possibly underplayed that that merit of that performance. I thought he ran all right. Uh, Weatherby first time up under a penalty, uh, struck into himself and made a noise when he travelled well into the race and just petered out at, at Newbury. If anything, I, I thought he might have run too well at Haydock because um, even though third wind is um, quite a lowly rated horse in, in grade one terms, uh, he's always promised to put up a higher figure. So in, in just failing to give him weight, I thought that was a great comeback run from Liz Nagaroska after after that wind up. Uh, yeah, so at 16 to 1, four places, I, 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 I would recommend him. Uh, in the last few days, I backed Side of Burley, 8 to 1 each way, four places, and I backed um, the horse that come fun, finished second to him last year, the Storyteller. I played him 12 to 1 each way, four places as well. So I've laid the front two. Uh, I've played Side of Burley, Liz de Oscar, and the Storyteller each way, four places. If neither of those come in the first four, and either Time Hill or Paisley Park win, I will cry. <laughs> oh, we don't need to cry, Tony. Fingers crossed that's not the case come Thursday. No, I, I, like I say, I, I, I'm in touch with my emotions. So if, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I've done, if I've done the lot, then yeah, there will be a tear in my eye and a gin in my in my hand. Yes. If anybody saw somebody sitting on a bench at Cheltenham uh, last year crying after the uh, shedding a tear after Goshen, it might well have been me. Um, so I know where you're coming from. Um, let's uh, and it's you know good that we're. Speaking about the uh, the four places here, because only Betfair Sportsbook and uh, Paddy Power are offering a fifth to four places in the stairs as it stands on time of recording around midday on uh, Thursday the 11th. The side, what's great about the side of Burley price, it's solid. The eight to one is also very, very, uh, it's, it's bang on the exchange price as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, and you'll get in the extra place as well. And we know that it's got a really solid profile going to the festival. Uh, I really do think the eight to one, probably if you ask me now, the side of Burley eight to one, four places is, is probably the, the premier bet in the race. But like I said, I've, I've, I've got many angles into this, hopefully a winning one. Plenty of ways to play it, but interesting that none of the three expert uh, guests really too taken to either back either of the top two, who I'm sure will be popular on the day, but should mean there's some value at bigger prices. Uh, we'll move on to the Paddy Power Plate then, where Far Class and Con- Conflated uh, are the two favourites at eight to one. Uh, a wave of the sea, a bit of money for a wave of the sea over the last couple of days, now 10 to one. Caribbean Boy, 12 to one. The Shunter, 12 to 1, uh, Fidu Dairy, 14, 16s, Mr. Whitaker and Chatham Street Lad, and uh, Umbregado as well. Barry, come to you here first. How are you seeing this? Yeah, I, I have one here, but it's it, it's one of Joseph O'Brien's, but it's not the one that the money's been for in recent days. I was fancying a waiver to see if he had gone to the grand annual. I thought that was a really good run last day, but yeah, it looks like he might be going to the plate according to the market. He's 9.6 along with Far Class, who's 9.4, 10.5. Fail Dudaris, Caribbean Boy 13.84, Conflated, uh, Umbregado in there at 14.5. The horse I like in it is Fails uh, Dudaris. I just thought that was a really good run behind Envoy Allen in Punchestown when he was second. He was only beating three and a half lengths. Obviously, Envoy Allen won doing handsprings, but it was a good run. Uh, his run last day behind Milkfish, he's with them jumping the last. He just tired in the final 100 yards and that climb from the back of the last up to the winning post in Leopardstown. Um, and his run against Brayside in in December in Navan, that, that was a really nice win. Uh, I think he's got one four two in Ireland. He's only got an additional three pounds off the English handicapper. He's rated one four five, and uh, 
yeah, he's he's a horse that I really like, fellas. Good Ariz, and I've I've been backing him at around the sixteen and fourteen mark on the exchange. I think he's currently trading like ten point five. Yeah, I think that's still probably a fair price, but a watch and brief to see what they do with a wave of the sea. Yeah, Fidu Dairy currently fourteen to one best <clears> price <throat> on the grids. Uh, Andy, how are you seeing this? Well, the good news for for Barry and, and Irish fans is that they've all of a sudden woken up in this race. I think it was 33 years, wasn't it, until they uh, <laughs> won this race. And then they've had the last three the old uh, London bus uh, scenario. So, yeah, definitely a, a lightly race novice um, fits the criteria. So he's definitely a player. Along with, similar to, to, to Barry's uh, notion, they're with Conflated. Um, I do like that sort of graded form in and around the better Irish horses. You know, the solid, solid time figures that I've been getting. Um, and, yeah, Conflated, who finished third, uh, third to Monkfish the time before, didn't get the trip. Um, he's got a similar profile. He's second to Astoria Colonge at um, Punchestown. I think left-handed is the key to him because he jumps out to his left on right-handed tracks. Uh, and he was good the time before at Navin. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be conflated um, at this very moment in time. But um, this race and, and the Kim Muir, the two ones at the moment, I'm probably the most lukewarm about. Uh, I think chase races, they, they sort of big field chase races around Cheltenham getting into rhythm and uh, where you are and how the dynamics work out are so difficult to predict where the hurdle race is a little bit more less complex um, mm. so yeah I'd, I'll probably end up chucking a few quid on the race on the day but yeah whether I'll stick anything up on my column is open to the question but if I do it might be well be conflated conflated the tentative lukewarm selection for Andy holding at the moment uh, Tony anything a bit hotter for you no, um, haven't had a bet in the race. Uh, I was going to put up Roman de Sanam, but I contacted uh, one of the owners and they said they're not going to go here. They're going to go to the top and with it. Um, I think this race would have been ideal for him. Um, I don't think he truly stays three miles. Uh, decent grounds, ideal for him, but it sounds like they're going straight to entry uh, instead of here. So in his likely absence, uh, I haven't had a bet. Fair enough, no bet there for Tony. Uh, we'll move on, two more races of the day and our Thursday, day three preview here. And next up is the Mayor's Novice Hurdle with Hookup and uh, Royal Kahala, the five to one joint favourites. Rosie's Hollow, seven to one. Gauloise, nine to one. The, Dan the Glancing Queen, 10 to one alongside Glens of Antrim. A bit of blue for Glens of Antrim on the grids at the moment. And Andy, you know, it's another... Novice hurdle race. I'm hoping that your 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 speed figures and your times and, and your ratings on that might might provide a little bit of insight here. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, again, without wanting to um, sound too confident, I, I think this race isn't probably as hard as what it, it looks on paper. I bet five to on the field, but I, I, I can only see three horses winning this. Um, first and foremost, there's only been five runnings of this race, and Willie Mullins has won every one. So there's a big steer for a start off. That cuts the field down quite um, um, you know, to a manageable number. And, and the best form guard is the Solarine and novices hurdle run at Ferry House. You've had three, three of the horses that run, ship up here took part in that race. My view with Royal Kahala, who got beat that day, I napped her that day, was, is that perhaps she's, she is better at Ferry House than anywhere else. I don't want to be too generalistic because she's never run at Challenge, so you've got to give her a chance. But she seems to be a heavy ground mare that likes that track. That's why I thought she was such a good thing that day. So the fact that Rosie's hollow absolutely battered her that day um, suggests to me that Jonathan Sweeney's got a very, very good mare on his hands. Um, he's brought her along steadily. She caught the eye first time at Nevin in a good race uh, beyond Delvino. She went through the race like a good mare. She just needed the run. Good the next day at Ferry House and then, like I say, won that graded Solarino, which is the best form guy, best time figure. And 
I think it's seven to one because it's trained by Jonathan Swinney. If this was Willie Mullins, this would also be a two to one poke. Um, I think she's an amazing value. And the other one I quite like is Galluese, um, mm. who obviously finished third in the Sol Arena. I think better ground or suit her at Cheltenham than that, that, that glue pot that date fairy has. She's probably not as big as a strong a, a mare as, as Rosie's Hollow, who's more imposing. Um, but like I say, Willie Bullen's got a fantastic record in, in running his horses that run well in the Sol Arena, whether they've won or not. I, I prefer her to hook up, who I think is an absolute out-and-out two-miler. Not sure even two-mile one, two-mile two suits her that, that much. This stiff two-mile one on the new course might just fetch, um, catch her out. And as I said, Royal Kahala... I think she's probably ground dependent and quickest ground might not be ideal for her. So I've backed two in this race, Rosie's Hollow and, and Galvey's. Rosie's Hollow, seven to one best price, but that's not uh, non-runner money back, 11 to two, the best price. If you want the insurance, which is with Betfair Sportsbook, Galois nine to one uh, around here. Barry, uh, how do you see it? Uh, it's not a race of a very strong opinion in and it's not a race of a good record in. I always seem to take on Willie Mullins in it, so that'll show you what I know about <laughs> Mayor's Novice Hurdles. Um, yeah, it's 92 to feel, like you say, three places on the sportsbook, non-runner money, back hook up five, 11 to two, Rosie Solo, Galois eight. I'd say the one thing, if you can get any price on it to be an Irish-trained winner, uh, that, that's, that looks the biggest certainty of all time. But, mm. uh, yeah, not a, a cup of tea race for me. Cup of tea race for Barry. Glass of gin race for you, Tony. Uh, I've I played two of the race. I, I'm a long-term backer of Hookup. Uh, unbelievably, she was 20 to one, and it stayed there for a couple of days after that uh, fourth at Leopardstown last time. Um, that was just clearly madness about the level of form that she's shown there. The obvious date, the obviously the obvious doubts are her jumping, uh, but uh, I'm willing. To, I was willing to take the risk at a double-figure price. I think the price is long ship uh, long since sailed at, at five to one but uh, i i can see her going well uh if they've like i said if they sorted out a jump in then she has she has gone uh you know i think she's gonna go very well uh and the other horse i've, I've come around to in the last week or so is tell me something girl uh at, at, i think she's 20 to one but i think if you want the insurance about her not turning up you have to go to back to 14 so you'd probably want to go all in at this stage and just hoping she gets there um Apparently, Henry de Bromberg's quite keen on her. Uh, you can see why. He gave gave this uh, mare a break after winning at La Stole in September. Uh, would would love it if the, if the ground turns up uh, a, a decent again here. Um, ran really well after a break uh, in, a, in a highly competitive mare's handicap hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival on probably ground that was maybe a bit too soft for her. Um, someone actually told me last night that there was you could even mark that run up because this is a filly that likes to go from the front. She stays a lot further than this as well. So, uh, you know, the I, I think uh, the sift nature of the track and hopefully a, a strong pace will play to her strengths as well. But apparently last time she was lining up, looking to get the looking to get the get off on uh, off on a lead, but uh, there was a full start and she got shuffled back and. Um, when when they when they re uh, they restarted, so she was never able to get to the front. So I think you can mark that performance up. Um, she she clearly needs to find ten ten pounds of stone with, with some of these, but I think the potential is there. Uh, I like her profile and twenty to one. Uh, I'm going to be paying to find out. So long term hook up, but that's no good to anybody listening now because the price is gone. Uh, but tell me something, girl, if if she's still sixteen to one plus. And the twenties um, still available when you when you're listening to this, uh, then I think she's a, she's a decent each way shout as well. Tell me something, girl. There for Tony. Uh, we'll move on to the last race of the day 
on the Thursday, the third day of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, and it is the Kim Muir, where Run Wild Fred is the five to one favourite. Time to get up six to one. Hold the note and uh, and Dace Abba, both 14 to one, 16 to one, plenty of horses. Um, Shanty Flyer, Jerry's Back, Mount Ida, 20 to one, Snow Leopardess. Uh, but two, you know, two single figure horses uh, at the prices at the moment, Barry. Um, can we see past those two? And, and is the exchange agreeing that those two are kind of very much the strongest two in the market? Yeah, very much so. Time to get up. Preference for him at 6-8 over uh, Run Wild uh, Fred, who's 7.2. It's 5 each or 2 on the sports book, where it's five places, non-runner mm. money back to uh, each way punters. Daisha Abba, 10, along with Jerry's back. 11 hold and no plan of attack, 12. 14, the machine. I was given that a bit of a chance, but again, I've no strong opinion in the race and I won't bore you with anything I have to say about it. <laughs> Nor will I. So, Tony, over to you. Um... I've had a little nibble on Shantou Flyer. Um, he's got a brilliant uh, course form and festival form as well. I know Paul Nichols was very unhappy with the fact that he got raised five pounds for a Wincanton second last time. Um, I think he had a little moan up to the assessor and got a pound back. So up four pounds, I think that's um, that's not ideal. But given given the horse's back form and, and Cheltenham form, I, I think. Uh, I think he's 16 in the place. I think he, you know, he he might uh, he might run into run into a place. And the machine is um, I'm looking at the on the exchanges over 16 to one, uh, edging towards 20 to one win only there. And um, if Remasters has done the business early on in the week or gone very close, then it can only only enhance this one's claims. Um, I backed him last time at Ascot, and I was a little bit disappointed uh, of his with his finishing effort. He traded very short in the run. I think it's about 1.11 and so I was hoping he was up the straight he was going to just master remastered and um and pick up the money but he didn't but I think that was uh I like I like the winner I like the second uh and I can see Dimachine going quite well off a mark of uh, 142 from mem- if memory serves uh, yeah I, I think there's some mileage in that mark and hopefully the step up in trip uh won't be a problem either but uh yeah uh those are two I've played at the moment nothing major uh uh, just uh, wouldn't say interest bets at, uh, at the moment, but I haven't got in big. But those are the two I've backed each way. A couple for the notebook, at least. Uh, Andy, any, any you backed? I haven't had a bet now. The dynamics of this race have obviously changed, haven't they? Have significantly because we'd all be looking towards the uh, the amateur riders and what of the best amateur riders are likely to be booked for the for the sneaky ones. You would imagine that John Joe would have. Uh, phoned up Derek O'Connor's agent and, and got him in touch with time to get up. Had Obviously, they've been able to come over. Uh, and you'd imagine that, um, that Jamie Codd would have probably ridden Run Wild Fred um, if he was to run here. That's my summation anyway, but um, mm. that obviously is not going to happen. And we've got normal professional jockeys on. But the market's almost reacted in, in that way yeah, from an anti-post perspective, you know, before... They, they were they were given the complete block. I think that's what they they were they were thinking, um, and and they've been the best two back to horses. Time to get up and and run wild, Fred. I think the machine's an interesting one. Tony's mentioned him. Um, I think run what, whichever race remastered runs in early on in the week, he'll acquit himself with a good deal of credit. Whether it's the handicap or, or the um, uh, national chase, so. The form line for the machine is about as solid as any, anything in this race from a novice perspective. So um, if he was to run, I might have a look at him. But again, similar to the the Paddy Power Plate, um, yeah, early on, I, I'd probably give this one a swerve. 
the machine 16 to 1 best price if you want the <clears throat> non-runner money back insurance or as tony said just touching 20 to 1 win only on the betfair exchange uh, time now at the end as we do for each day uh, to ask the panel of guests for their nap for their lay of their long shot of the day on thursday so barry coming to you first yeah, that nap has to be Envoy Allen, but I'll be watching on. Um, <laughs> my lay is probably going to be Paisley Park, and my each way is going to be uh, Flays du Darius. Tony? Um, I like loads this day. Uh, I, if Blackbow runs, uh, I think he's a great uh, each way bet, 16 to 1 without the fab, no, no bet. Um, but, you know, you might be you might be listening to this uh, and the horse hasn't even been entered, so I won't go there. Um Honest Vic each way at twenty to one plus is interesting. Um no, I, I'm gonna go side to Burley, eight to one, four places each way. Um I think I think that's very, very solid. I, I like two others in the race. My lay is so I'm going pretty much all in on this race. I would suggest you lay at the current exchange prices as we as we see here now. If you lay Paisley Park and Time Hill, you can get them in the book around about uh, the 11 to 8 mark. And you can have the field running for you at 8 to 11. I quite like the look of that. And my outsider is Honest Vic. Honest Vic, the outsider for Tony. Andy, what are your three? I want to have a, a strong view on, on, on a lay in particular here. rather Because there's not a real short one I want to take on when there's any really Envoy Allen. Um I've just got lots of each way sneaky opinions on on this day. Um, my strongest my strongest one would probably be Rose's Hollow. Mm. Um, you know that that's the race I've I've, I've had a good go at. Um, Side of Burley, obviously another one I've had a good go at. He, he's another that falls into that category. Um, so yeah, I'm really I, I won't want to just stick a layup for sticking a layup sake. I, I haven't yeah, really got one on on that day where I've, I can think right. Yeah, I'm desperate to take that on what what, what on, on whatever whatever. Whatever happens, um, we haven't got prices, but you know, I, I, on the day, again, we don't know the final fields, we don't know the betting, etc. But I might be, if you're looking for a lay, I might be looking to, you know, lay Imperial Alcazar for a place, maybe mm. uh, at not too big a price. But uh, I love that. I love that phrase. I knew I've had a good go at it. So I love <laughs> it. that's a real punter's phrase. Is I, I've had too much on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Well. Um, Thank you very much for taking the time to watch our, or listen to this preview of the Thursday at the 2021 Cheltenham Festival brought to you by Odds Checker and Betfair. Please do go back and watch or listen to Tuesday's episode, Wednesday's episode and Friday's. The four of us have, uh, have, have done all four and fingers crossed lifted the lid and uh, given and shone some value, some light on some value for you over the week at Cheltenham. Do check out Betfair Sportsbook and the Betfair Exchange as well. Do download the Odds Checker app for the very best prices, place terms, betting offers, all sorts of things. And of course, some of the best tipsters in the game, including Andy himself. Do enjoy the racing and please gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm.